step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Vigorito. Don Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Doug Kruzan from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphin football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. I will be joined alongside Rich Van Zant shortly. As the Miami Dolphins continue their slip slide down to uh, 500 now, uh, as their record uh, evens out at 4-4 four and four with a, another national night game loss, uh, this time on Sunday night, to the uh, Raiders. And uh, it's, uh, it seems like a pattern that continues um, with this team. Uh, 27-24. This was actually a very uh, tough loss to swallow because it seemed like a game that the uh, Miami Dolphins certainly had an opportunity to win and and, and maybe should have won. Uh, and we'll we'll break that all down. Uh, first game without Jay Ajayi uh, as as a running back for the Miami Dolphins as the uh, trade we talked about last week was official and Jay Ajayi actually played for the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Um, I think there was uh, uh, a little bit uh, of change to that offense as Devontae Parker got healthy again and uh, Jay Cutler off his best game, a 300-yard-plus game, uh, but still was not enough as the Miami Dolphin defense seemed to wither and uh, Marshawn Lynch looked like the uh, Marshawn Lynch of Seattle, um, basically running up shot on the uh, Miami Dolphins' defense. Dominican Sue had gotten hurt, uh, but then returned from the game. Um, and so, you know, you're basically faced with uh, watching this team, which I had said week in and week out, seemed to have a better record than the team really was, and now you're uh, evened out, and you still have one more game to go. As far as a night game goes, we had the Thursday night, and then we uh, bumped up to the Sunday night, and now we're going to have a Monday night against the Carolina Panthers next week. But before we get on to that, there's a lot to talk about in this game. As it seems like there's some dissension with the Miami Dolphins coach, coaching staff and their front office and how it trickles down to the players. And one of the things that was basically brought out into the public was that Jarvis Landry's contract seems now to have been halted and directly affected by the signing of Jay Cutler. At least that's what 
the uh, Miami Dolphin front office and Mike Tannenbaum are kind of portraying it to be that the uh, the reason why he was told that they would renegotiate it when things were said and done, but the signing of Jay Cutler uh, kind of put that on a halt, and now they seem like they've kind of forgotten about that. So I think we know where that's headed. It's not a good sign at all. Um, and, and this team seems like they're on the brink of going, you know, two different directions. So, And I'm sure uh, Rich has a lot to say about that. So without further ado, uh, let me bring Rich into the program. Rich, Jay Cutler, 34 for 42, 311 yards and three touchdowns. And with that, you're going to say, wow, what a fantastic game Jay Cutler had, and he's back to the form of Jay Cutler, correct? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> what, was the average, what was the average pass for? Ten yards, eight yards, three yards? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously there was some in that garbage time situation which stacks onto those stats. We know that they were behind by 10 points, which we'll get into because I'm very aggravated at that. I don't think they should have been behind by 10 points. I think there was a couple factors in that that they really let this game slip away. You know, before we really go into this, like into the game, you made one mistake. We didn't talk about Jay Ajayi. That was Tuesday morning. I thought last show we had addressed J.J. No, absolutely. It seems like that because it's so long ago. No, the trade didn't happen until Tuesday. We we were, we didn't know about it when we were on the air last week, so we really have to go into that to a, to an extent. Yeah, well, I, I guess, you know, um, if that's the case, and uh, we must have talked about that on another – I must have talked about that yeah, we've on another talked venue. About it together, Obviously, but we didn't talk about yeah. it on the air, you know? Yeah, yeah. well – let, let, at least on this show, I haven't. So let's let's go ahead and do that because, you know, my my big thing, and and I guess uh, like Rich says, for anybody who's who's listening to the show week in and week out, the major point last week was Jay Ajayi being traded uh, in a shocking trade at the trade deadline, and what he's basically traded for is he's traded for a fourth round pick, and uh, that obviously sent shockwaves through the Dolphins, the Dolphin fans. Um, I, I was I was livid, and the reason why I was so livid is is not because of Jay Ajayi himself. I just felt like they gave him away, and I still do. Now, from what I have derived from everything I've heard inside and outside, it seems to me that what basically happened was he became on uh, on on Adam Gase's bad side in a hurry, and Adam Gase seems like he was the one who. Um, basically uh, facilitated this in the sense that I kind of get the feeling that Adam Gase is a very intellectual uh, coach. He's got this uh, elaborate offensive scheme, and a lot of people aren't picking it up. And he's basically called out the veterans that they should be bringing home their their books and studying at night, which I, I find a little off especially in this day and age in football because I don't think you're asking players to do something that they're they're really not capable or, or, or it's just not in their wheelhouse and you know you're kind of blowing into the wind by doing that but one of the guys that he called out the most was Jay Ajay because he said that he was more than anything else he was missing his reads and blocking assignments 
and that was contributing to the lack of offense and the quarterback getting shelled, and that every time he took the ball, he wasn't hitting the holes. He was basically looking for a home run uh, each time. So that's what I think facilitated it. Um, now, you can take that as you will, okay, if that's the reason why. You know, we've both had some criticism of Jay Ajayi, but the problem is I feel like they gave him away. I feel like they should have, you know, maybe, like you said, benched them, benched him or what. But you, you drafted him for a fifth round uh, three years ago, and then he turned into a, a, a superstar, if you will, three 200-yard games, only, what, three, four players ever did that in the history of the NFL, and you get a yep. fourth-round pick for him? Sounds ridiculous. That's my steam on it. What, what say you, Rich? Well, you're also getting a fourth-round pick from right now the best team in football, so it's going to be a real lousy fourth-round pick. Basically, it's like a it's like a fifth-round pick if you think about it, because the you know, the Eagles could win the Super Bowl this year. It could be the last pick in the fourth round. So it's it's a horrendous it's a horrendous fourth round pick. It's but basically yeah, what you, you get for bench him. him. You don't you don't give him away. You either bench him, get him in line. He's under his rookie contract for another year still. And if you're gonna trade him, you gotta get at least a two, at least. At I mean, least. You saw I mean, the game basically... he had yesterday. He could be the NFC Player of the Week this week. Yeah, they I had know. a forty-seven yard touchdown pass run. You know, he played great yeah. yesterday. And this is basically what you got him for. Listen to me. Here's the bottom line. Good teams don't make moves like this. No. You're right. They don't. They don't. And the front office of this team just baffles me at times. You're basically getting for him what you have into him. And if I gave you that fifth-round pick again, or I'll even give you this fourth-round pick, you're not picking J.H.I. again. I don't have confidence that you are. Absolutely not. And, you know, here, here's the bottom line, too. This is the second debacle trade we made with the Eagles. They they got Wentz from us because the pick they got for the gate we gave them for free. We got uh, you know we got two players and we swapped first rounders and they took our pick and then traded that to the Browns to trade up you know to get Carson Wentz without our pick not making that move. Yeah, let, let's go over that a little, because we, we differ on this a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. Now, from what I remember, we had, what, the 12th pick in the draft? Yes. Okay, so so if we're at 12, no, we, we had 8. We were at 8. Oh, we had eight? Yeah, we had we, 8, we, and we, yeah, we, and were we at traded eight. for 16. Yeah. 16 we or 12? Eight spots. 16. Are you sure on that? We went down 8 spots. I'm positive we went down 8 spots. Okay, so basically we went from 8 to 16, and you got Kiku Alonso, who I, I think is a, is a very good ball player, but then we also got Maxwell, and and you obviously were not into him at all, and very high salaries, you know, uh, to boot. Yeah, um, so you, well, they were going to cut anyway. They were going to salary cap dump both of them. Okay, so let's not be – that's uh, so, so much we got them, we could have got them for free. Yeah, they were going to salary cap both of them. They were getting, they yeah, were getting cut. And now you wind up picking Tunzel with the pick. So I think you would have probably picked Tunzel at eight anyway, though, correct? Knowing them, I'm sure. 
knowing them, you probably yeah. I, I think they would have. But but the point is, you know, you're you're trading there, and you you basically gave the Eagles the ammunition to get what seems to be the best quarterback taken in a little while. Let me let me like you know, let, me, let me clarify myself. I'm not saying we would have taken Wentz, but to make that trade, you need to bring back another first rounder. You, you know, swap first-round picks and get another first-rounder. Nobody drops down eight spots in the first round and comes back with two players with huge salaries and nothing else. I mean, that's a ridiculous trade. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah and, that, and those eight those eight spots are worth a hell of a lot more than what we got. Yeah, and I think that by doing that, you know, obviously that we talked about that a lot when it happened and in this year. And now when you see this trade, it just doesn't seem right. It seems like, you know, there's some kind of a relationship with this Philadelphia oh, Eagles is. team again. Yeah, there which is. I told you I Yeah, right. yeah we sniffed it out. Tannenbaum's friends with the guy who has the same position with the Eagles. And, uh, you know, when when – something like this goes down, you really have to ask yourself, I mean, how did the Miami Dolphins get better by trading Jay Ajay for that? It, it certainly may be the piece that the Eagles need now, like you said, to, to get to a Super Bowl. I mean, they're, they're the best team in football record-wise for sure right now, and now they're adding a Pro Bowl running back who still was on pace, as bad as the Miami Dolphin offense was this year, still well on pace for a 1,000-yard season, if not more. Absolutely. Now, I know that's not, yeah. you know, back in 1978, 1,000 yards, but it still no. shows that he's still doing, you know, he's still doing what he needed to do, and who knows where that might end up. And I just feel like to get this fourth-round pick for him didn't really make a lot of sense and still doesn't. I would have rather see them hang on to him, and next year in the draft you could probably do something better than that. Well, here's the bottom line. This is the guy who replaced Lamar Miller, right? They couldn't wait to get Lamar Miller out of town. They didn't even offer him a contract, right? So this right. is my whole argument about this whole organization. What Mike Tannenbaum does he never fixes an issue. He creates more problems and then doesn't solve them and creates a problem where one doesn't exist. And it, it balloons. You know, you had a good – you had Lamar Miller who you, you drafted. He's becoming a good ball player. Got to get rid of him. Now you get a Jahi to replace him. He becomes an okay ball player. He looks like it's a, you know, he's in a pro Bowl last year. Then you just dump him, and now you're down, down to two guys who probably wouldn't start on any other team. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. We created a running back issue now. It's just, you know, this is the Mike Mike Tannenbaum way to build a team. You know what? He never can build a team. It's not a winner. Never going. He has no idea what he's doing. This guy is so over his head in this position, it's ridiculous. And this organization's a mess. It's really never – and I don't see anything changing anytime soon. You know, well, it, it just was, makes you know, everybody thinks that Jenny Hill comes back next year and, and, and everything's going to be okay. God only knows what they're going to do with that, too. You know, you don't, there's no guarantee they're bringing Tannehill back. God only knows what direction they may go in. Well, that would be a real cluster, if you will. And, and, you know, you get the feeling that the agenda is certainly different than what most fans' agenda is for this team. And you're looking to, you know, win ball games and moves like this don't really show that and he had made that comment a while ago which I still can't get over I'm talking about Mike Tannenbaum he made a comment about how you groom 
people and you know and then they graduate and they go on and I've never well, heard anybody say that. Yeah, they get paid by other teams and other people pay them, you know. You can't keep everybody and they you graduate them and they get paid by other teams. Oh, that's that's what Bill Walsh used to do, right? <laughs> you know, it, it, what what Bill Walsh used to do and what top teams do is they get rid of their players right before they've they're 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 washed up. So they're basically right. they do they jump the gun in getting rid of some players that may still have a year left, two years left at high quality, uh, but you know, but not the three or four, and you know, basically uh, do that uh, as opposed to this scenario where you're getting rid of guys that are just on the verge of becoming superstars and contributing, you know, to to you winning big time ball games and getting rid of them then, which is a big big difference and it's something I've never heard of a I've never heard a GM say. I really haven't. I've, I've never heard that come out of a GM's mouth. It, it, it's no. it's crazy to me, you know. And and we've seen it. We've seen it cuz you see these guys that go on to different teams and have such success over and over again. Over and over again. And you know, it Again, so I say, you know, what what is the game plan? What is the agenda? And why, you know, why is it that these moves don't seem to help the team other than financially, <laughs> which seems to be the common denominator? And what's their big news after the trade last week? That they're raising season raising. ticket prices for next year. Yep, <laughs> yep, that they... They come out and they, yep, they raised season ticket prices, like you said. And now, if, I mean, that's why this fan base seems to be getting really just so aggravated. And, and, you know, it seems like we've always mentioned that there is a separation between fans and, and the front office and they're treated like elitist, uh, the front office, that, you know. And it just goes on to show more and more. Dude, there's no question. They, they could care less. They they don't they don't make any any, any moves to satisfy and look you can't you can't make moves satisfying the fan base but you can't throw mud at them either and that's what this team does you know this team treats the fans like crap you know it's bad enough you took a home game away from them this year you know season ticket holders that you you can't wait to run to London at every at every turn right and then next right. year you're raising ticket prices well maybe if you didn't run the London every year maybe you wouldn't have to raise ticket prices you'd have your your eighth game of revenue because you're certainly not yeah. hosting a home playoff game anytime soon no and, and and that's the frustrating point is that and and I've kind of sensed how I've kind of sensed how this was catching up with this team their record as I said did not dictate really who they were and now it's evening out and now oh, you're on the verge of this. We're not, stu- we're not stupid. We know what we were watching. You know, come on. Yeah. You know, you, you're four and three, and you lose three games. Two, you got shut out, and the third one, you really did get shut out. You threw a garbage touchdown as time expired. You know. When you say so time expired, you literally mean. Yeah, you literally yeah. mean with a couple seconds on the clock, the clock is zero. No, when it was caught. no seconds. It was no, double no, zero. No he caught the ball. Yep. Yeah, there was no time yep. left. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. So when you look at something like that, yeah, we we did see this coming, and uh, and I, and then obviously there was a game last night, which we're going to get into now, and it's running back by committee because of the Ajayi trade. So let's take a quick break. We'll come on back and we'll discuss the twenty four a twenty seven twenty four loss by the Miami Dolphins to the Oakland Raiders. 
Hi, this is John Alford, all number 56, the old Miami Dolphin linebacker. You're listening to the Pat Catello Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legends Show, sponsored by Iberia Tiles, with locations from Georgia to South Florida. Iberia Tiles offers over 3,000 products and complete peace of mind. From tiles, molasses, and stone to wood flooring, Iberia has a solution no matter what the size of your project. Visit IberiaTiles.com. That's I-B-E-R-I-A. And ask for Dave or call direct at 404-409-0746. And Fanatics.com. If you love the Miami Dolphins, then you need to visit Fanatics.com. Once again, that's Finn, P-H-I-N. And now back to your Miami Dolphins Legends show with your host, Pat Catello. Legends show. I'm your host Pat Catello, joined alongside Rich Van Zant, and uh, we are uh, broadcasting live reviewing the Miami Dolphins' loss to the Oakland Raiders, 27-24 last night. Just a reminder, you can catch us on iTunes. So go on uh, iTunes, uh, search Pat Catello show, and you can get our uh, our show right to your phone every uh, every Monday night. So you get the live version, and you can also archive it and get uh, back shows. Um, as well, and then you can uh, send us any questions, comments, or what have you. Pacatello Show at Yahoo dot com. Uh, Rich, you know the, the Miami Dolphins last night. They they really faced a game which could have you know could have changed their season pretty good. Um, Jay Cutler unarguably had his best game of the year. Like I said, thirty four for forty two, three hundred eleven yards and three touchdowns. Um, so looking at it on paper, I mean the guy had a, a, an excellent game. I also watched him. And the way he was with Adam Gase after that game, and now it, it, what became completely evident to me, and I should have seen this even earlier, but what became completely evident is the relationship that he has is much greater than I even thought. It almost seems like Cutler is the uh, you know, the, the the man, not above him, but certainly that he respects the most, and I think that he made he asked a favor for him to come out of retirement and. 
and, and that favor was so big that there, I could see why it was 100% the comment that he was going to be the quarterback. And I think you could take any notion of anything out of that. Of course, Matt Moore laying that gigantic egg in that shutout, um, you know, eliminated that in Baltimore. But, you know, I, I can now see how, how deep that, that relationship really is. Yeah, there's you know there's definitely a love affair there. There's no question about it. I don't see what the attraction is. Tell you the truth, I mean, look, you can't argue for Matt Moore anymore because of what he did in Baltimore. I mean that yep. that's a mute mute cause. That's you know you got to everybody's got to be off that bandwagon because he he really you know he stunk it up and he, there's no excuse for that. You know, Cutler really didn't do anything for what we got shut out again in the first quarter. Right, scored a little bit in the second. You know, he still came off slow, throwing a lot of safe passes. Yeah, he did play well, but nothing that's going to excite you. No, nothing that's going to excite you. It was certainly a game, though, that you, you can't really blame him on. And when you watch, no, you know, no, the, what the you way blame it on is the was. penalties. Every time they had a chance to, you know, take the lead or get back in the game, they shot themselves in the foot. They get the onside kick, they go backwards. They get the turnover, they go backwards. So, you yeah. know, they have nobody to blame but themselves. Yeah, that's true. There's no doubt about that. And I, one of the major points that aggravated me to no end was at the end of the half, when uh, when the, when the oh. Raiders had completed that pass, I never seen anything like it. It, the, it was basically one second on the clock when he caught the pass, and the clock didn't run. And they called a timeout, but it wasn't like the clock ran out and then they said put one second back on the clock. The clock just stopped while he was there, and I never seen anything like that. The clock always runs, and whether or not you got to review yeah. it and put a time back, I never seen anything like that. And that three points at the end of that half. Boy, did that really come back to haunt us in a big way. There's no question. I mean, what, they have 37 seconds left? And yeah. One, like yeah. one time out, and, and yeah. we just let them go right down our throat like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. You know, that's when you, the, 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 you know, that defense so disgusts me, you know? Me too. Uh, like, they, they do some certain things statistically. They might look well, but when you really need to count on them for something, they don't. And let's not forget, the last two weeks – the Ravens game in this game, they were ran all over by physical running backs. Oh, yeah. All over. Right up the middle. I mean, all over. Marshawn Lynch looked like Marshawn Lynch from Super Bowl Marshawn Lynch. Nobody I mean, touched they, him on that, t- long t- that long touchdown up the middle. No one put a hand on him. That was terrible. I mean, they, they yeah. just could not stop anybody when they needed to stop anybody. And that just really, like you said, is it, it, the reason the why. drive. Right? How many third downs and long did they convert on that? We we stopped in first, second. It's like third and twelve, first down. Right? Seemed like everyone. Stopped first, second, like... third and eight, first down. It was like it, it queued up what almost seven minutes of the first quarter because they were using every down to get a first down, but they had no problem converting on third. Yeah, I know. It seemed literally like every one they were doing that, and you know, running back by committee. So now you had. Damian Williams, who I thought looked looked very good, you know, he he, he did. He looked he looked good, but I, I think he's a good ball player, um, you know. But uh, you know, then you had Drake, who obviously, uh, you know, you were saying earlier had fumbling problems, and sure enough, coughs the ball up at a huge opportunity, huge play yep. in the game. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, no. you know, look, I, I know, I know how they brag about how fast Drake is, but it just, 
you know, he had what one good run, I guess. Right? Did he, he have like a thirty-yard run. run or something? He yeah. Did. I mean, but just he doesn't look to me like he's a starter. No, he looks to me like you have the third down back and and the backup running back making up your yeah. backfield now. That's what it looks like to me. You know, Damian Williams, I like him a lot. Like you've said earlier, the guy's got a knack. There's something special about that guy, especially when he gets near the yeah. end zone. But that's what yeah. he is. Like he's a third down back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not the guy that's going to line up every down back there and push for yardage. And Drake, you know, seems like he's the guy that is the backup to that, and he can do some good things, but, you know, I don't know. This is the first game you've seen those two. Are they going to be able to continue that on through the whole year? I don't know. I mean, Devontae Parker comes back healthy. He shows some sign. made a phenomenal catch. Let's not forget that. Made one that of the best catches catch. of the year. And, um, of course, the got talent. not a catch. Yeah. <laughs> The ref yeah. right there and rules is not a catch. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? What's the matter with these guys? Officiating wise was was really a rough game. Terrible. Um there was penalties like you said that's really had a, a big decisive effect on the game. Well, I think itself. that was it wasn't that Parker that was getting bear hugged before the ball got to him? Yeah, no call, call on that. That that was a terrible non call. It really was. Yeah. I mean that was that Isn't it amazing, like, when Collinsworth is doing a game, if it doesn't fit his agenda, he doesn't even mention it. Yeah. If it doesn't yeah, fit, they, like, the last four sentences he says, and there's a penalty, he just, like, lets it go. You know, yeah, was, neither obviously one, that was a penalty. Neither one of them talked about that. He was clearly hit early, and uh, clearly a flag should have been thrown there, and, and it wasn't, you know. So, you know, it, it, obviously it went – all different directions. It, it went first off where there was, you know, some non-calls, but then it also went where the Miami Dolphins themselves really had some terrible penalties at bad, uh, bad moments. And awful, these, awful penalties. Know, and then when James went down, I don't know how bad he is. That guy that came in for him, oh boy, yeah, that was freaking painful to watch. You know, that's when and, Khalil Mack woke up. Yeah. Hey, you're right. And you know what? I must say, Parky's done some really good things, but I'm getting tired of the missed extra points. Oh, it's getting late. They're, it really is getting They're lame. big. I mean, a missed extra yeah. point does a lot. It does a real lot because it stops momentum, right? The psyche. Yeah. It, 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 it's a big hey, deal. Look, you know, it it didn't really make a difference yesterday because we got the two-point conversion, and we never really had a chance to tie the game anyway. But, you know, most of the time you need that two-point conversion. Our team's not getting it. You yeah. know and I know it. Yeah, and then unfortunately... And it wasn't uh, Rosano throwing, throwing Williams into the end zone. I don't, I don't think he makes it either. Yeah. But unfortunately, too too little, too late. And, uh, you know, that, that wasn't going to be enough, uh, you know, for... To, to, you had to get the ball back and... You know, you already got your one onsides. And, you know, for a guy to get the onsides, that last onsides was terrible. Oof. Oh, it was awful. Awful. What a terrible onsides kick. And you're really you can't wait to Amari Cooper. <laughs> no, that, uh, it was just as bad as it gets. I mean, the ball was yeah. came right up. I mean, it was like a, a, a perfect top to the second baseman. It was terrible. Um, Ridiculous. It's a tough game to lose. Tough game to lose because, first of all, it's a team that – we play that isn't good. Decent, 
Well, I, th- I mean, listen, the book's out on that. We don't know. They were a good team last year. They've been struggling this year. But, you, you know, a team like that is good. It just hasn't been coming together. And they beat the Chiefs. So, you know, they, they came back and they beat the Chiefs. So you don't know. So I'm not going to look at their record and say they're not good because they were good last year. I think they were a good team that's been struggling. But the bottom line is it's a team that we have been playing for – decades and we just always seem to come up short in big games but this is a game you felt like they should have won I did anyway I felt like it was a a game that they not only should have won but they had so many opportunities to win yeah they did but you know good teams win bad teams lose and I think we have a bad team you know I'm still not thrilled with our offense I think I think our play calls are – what the hell, when you're down by what? Where are you down by? Two-plus touchdowns, and it's third and, 32, third and 22, and you I run the ball up the middle? I can't right, explain come that. On. What is that? That made no sense to me then. It makes no sense to me now. Really? Hey, I, if I you only get 10 or 12 yards, isn't it better to punt from forward than backwards? I, I, how do you just give up on a, uh, on that? I don't know why that they made that no call. Sense. It, it baffled me. It really did. Baffled me. And what did I tell you was going to be the first play of the game when, after they traded a Johnny? Yeah, I know. I know. Right up the middle, no gain. Yep. I know. They're Damian very Williams up the middle, no gain. Yeah, I mean, it's, they, it's ridiculous. It really is. Yeah. They're very predictable. And now 6-2 and two New England Patriots, 5-3 and three Buffalo Bills, 4-4 four and four Miami Dolphins, Four and five New York Jets. I mean, so we're hanging on the third place by our by our fingernails, huh? Isn't we're hanging on to it, but but you know who's in the rear view I mean, this could go could go a bunch of different directions. You got the Carolina Panthers Monday Night Football next week, and yep. you know there's no room for error here because you're gonna go back to a losing record if you don't win this game. And Carolina yep. Panthers are. You know, they're playing decent football. I mean, they're they're not the Carolina Panthers that, you know, that uh, uh, went to the Super Bowl, obviously, but they're the Carolina Panthers that now are on a, a two-game winning streak, I believe. And, you know, they're 6-3. and three. They're a better team than us. There's no question. And, it's, you know, it's in a hostile environment, you know. Yeah. It's not good. No, it's not good because – you know, it, 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 the ship was sinking, and you thought that they might be able to turn it around, and now they're at the point where if they don't get a hold on this and get a hold on this mighty quickly, this could get really ugly. Well, I don't know really why you're ugly. worried. I mean, we have we have Ted Larson and McDonald, and who's the other guy, Tannenbaum, said was coming back? Well, you know, for the people that, that don't understand that, uh, he had made a comment after all this was going on, he made a comment, which just goes to show he sees this team very differently than we see it or, or the fans see it. And we had uh, we had basically uh, saviors coming, and everything was going to be all right. And the people that you just named, who most people don't even know who they are, was the reason why. And albeit, yeah, Devontae Parker was the third one. I'm sorry. And 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 as these guys are coming in. The Seattle Seahawks are making a trade for a, a, a veteran offensive tackle that may uh, propel them now 
you know, as a Super Bowl contender. So the point is, there was offensive linemen out there. You could make things happen. Doesn't seem like they're making moves to improve the team. Seems like they're making moves to cut salary, to make uh, points, to get points across. Do you need to trade Jay Ajayi to get your point across? Last year, Gase cut guys, and then on the offensive line, and you know, I you mean, know, is that what I always thought like you make examples. You make examples with borderline players, not with right? your Pro Bowl players, right? You know, I agree. I mean, Jimmy Johnson well, certainly uh, good. Good teams do that. That's I'm sorry. I, I you know I'm talking over my head here. Good teams do that. They make examples yeah. with the bottom of the roster, not the top of the roster. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating because. It doesn't seem to be run like a team that's trying to be successful on the field. It seems like it's more interested, like we've said time and time again, uh, uh, for different issues, you know, basically for hosting Super Bowls and, and you know, for uh, all the, the nonsensical stuff, the money-making Well, you, you, you saw, you know, what it, what's that old quote, a picture's worth a thousand words? Yeah. You know that quote, right? Yeah, you yeah. saw when they showed Ross and Panabom in the booth yesterday. That's worth <laughs> yeah. a thousand words. You know what I know. You know, there's so one thing those two guys aren't doing anytime soon, ever. They're never going to hold the Vince Lombardi trophy unless they climb up on the shelf in Davy and touch one from '72 or '73. That's the closest <laughs> they're ever going to get. <laughs> They would disagree with you, but I I understand what you say. You know, I I think uh, Adam Gase is a big question mark now. I mean, I think last year people have bought into this, and and a lot of people were really feeling strong on this, you know, and and now I think there's a lot of people that are giving second thoughts. I never never bought into it. I I never saw any difference between his offense and the Philbin offense. And this year it got worse. So at no time... Did you ever feel like Adam Gase is the guy that's going to really no, not bring really. the team? I didn't in. see how they ever thought he was an offensive guru. I never saw anything different. It was the same predictable, well, boring offense that I saw for the last three years. Well, okay, but you know the um, the way that they were playing, you know, shown that. But when he first came in, and all the people that were, you know, raving about it. Different story or no? No, I don't think so. I didn't understand what what he did that was so great in Chicago. They keep like raving about that he got Jay Cutler to play so great, and Jay Cutler was six and ten that year. I didn't think Jay Cutler played great that year, and you know Tannehill was six and ten that year also. So what made his six and ten so much better than Tannehill's six and ten? I, I yeah, never understood just... what what the raving was all about. Yeah, which is the thing like that we had said doesn't make a lot of sense is that what what was the difference between their six and ten season and 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 you know uh, basically our six and ten season you know the way Nothing. that they raved about that coach of the year Cutler's best season I don't know just didn't seem like yeah, anything Cutler's was best that season, great. right it was all of a sudden going yeah. Cutler 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 right and I yeah. never heard one analysis go boy to beat the Bears today they're gonna have to stop Jay Cutler I never heard any of that yeah, I, I mean, not only do I hear that, I, I as far as his best season, I still hear it. You know, yeah. like I mean, that that's all you hear is that yeah, his best because season. when you repeat uh, a, when you repeat a myth, when you repeat a myth long enough, people start believing the myth. Yeah. 
Very frustrating. Very frustrating to say the least. I don't know where this team's going. And, uh, you know, when you, the home field advantage, yeah, <laughs> home field advantage non, non-existent and has been for no. how many years now? No. I can't even remember. I don't read fans there yesterday. Hey, well, keep, keep, you know, keep sticking it to everybody, guys. You know, keep raising the ticket prices and keep making it more and more miserable with the product you put on the field. What do you expect? How many times are you going to fool the same people? I'll be right back after this. This is Don Nottingham, former Miami Dolphin. You're listening to Pat Capello's Miami Dolphin Legend Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Iberia Tiles, with locations from Georgia to South Florida. Iberia Tiles offers over 3,000 products and complete peace of mind. From tiles, molasses, and stone, To wood flooring, Iberia has the solution no matter what the size of your project. Visit IberiaTiles.com. That's I-B-E-R-I-A. And ask for Dave or call direct at 404-409-0746. And Fanatics.com. If you love the Miami Dolphins, then you need to visit Fanatics.com. Once again, that's Finn, P-H-I-N. And now back to your Miami Dolphins Legends show with your host, Pat Catello. Joke Town Town in the night, 9.30 on a Tuesday, just to check out the late night record shop. Got it in Boston, got it in Boston, got it in Spain. When I'm surrounded, I just can't stop. It's a matter of instincts, a matter of conditioning, and a matter of fact. You can go and have love, Bring a bell and a salivate, how'd you like that? Dr. Landy, tell me, and I'm just a better girl. It's when I want lying in bed, strike a fire and lose some Okay, welcome back to the Miami Dolphins Legends Show. Pacatello, Rich Van Zant, as we come to the home stretch. Miami Dolphins at four and four, facing the Carolina Panthers Monday night. Try to get back into the winning. Uh, column for the season uh it's going to be a tough call obviously they are the underdogs and so uh we'll see how this all shapes out uh there's a lot of questions on this miami dolphins team and uh a lot of them that i don't seem to find the answers to um because i'm not really sure and uh i know that you know uh, we've had a lot of people that you know feel the same way rich if ryan Tannehill was the quarterback opening day what's the record of this team right now I think they probably could have beaten the Jets the the game up here for sure. And um trying to think of other, I mean, yeah, he probably could have won yesterday. They probably could have two more wins. 
So, so you say, so, so, well, well, you know, it's a little strange because if that's the case, the Miami Dolphins would be a first-place team right now. But more so than that, I guess, okay, you give them six and two. But here's the question, though. Would they still be shut out two times like that, two and a half, two and three quarters, or whatever you want to call it? You're giving them the game against the Jets as a win, so obviously you're not giving that as the shutout game. Um, but are, uh, would this team have reached those well, I'm not giving low it, I get, You know, you know, it's it's weird to say they could beat a you know a, a team that they got shut out twenty to nothing basically, because the, the Jets didn't get you know they didn't get shut out there. But yeah. you know how close that game was at halftime. I mean, yeah, we could we could have been blowing them out for crying out loud. Sure. We didn't cross the fifty yard line. You know, the Jets didn't do anything really. They didn't put that game out of reach until late third quarter. Yeah. So I think with Tannehill in that game, I mean, Cutler was so inept that game that I think with uh, Tannehill playing, I think they they could have won that game. Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, it's a it's a question that we're never going to have the answer to, but yeah, no. it was just something that you know that you think about, and uh, and I don't know. I mean, I I think if anything, I think we see that how important and how underrated Ryan Tannehill is. You know, and and what a, what a really good quarterback he is at times, and and you're really noticing how much the Dolphins do miss him in a lot of circumstances. But to say that that's the answer of why they haven't no, been able to. There's plenty of other issues on this team. I mean, I know you love Kiko Alonso, but I mean, he was exposed hard yesterday. He can't cover love... tight ends. I mean, no, you know, but here's the he's, thing. you know, wait, 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 he was wait, wait, awful but... on the first three drives. He was awful. Yeah, but that's not on him, though, because that's not really the matchup. They found those matchups, and, and you know, obviously yeah. they're going to exploit well, him on that. he's not capable of doing that. That's what, how he gets exposed. You know, that's what makes him not a great player. When you say player. love, when you say love, what I love about Kiko Alonso is he's the hardest hitter on the team, and he gives 110% every play, every game the guy plays. And I don't know how you can ask for more than that from the guy. I mean, he's the heart and soul of the defense, and it's certainly not his fault when that defense falters so as many times as it does, you know? And, yes, I see the mismatches, and I've certainly seen the tight end who he made look and like he's Tony Gonzalez. Too. He's, a, he's, a, he's a king Sometimes. of mis-tackles. Look, he's, he's not, you know, he is what he is. He's not that good, you know? Yes, he I plays disagree. Hard. He's not great. But I disagree yeah. that he's not that good. I think he's a very good linebacker. He's not great, but I think he's a very good linebacker. I don't think that's your problem. And I think the problem is that you get it's mismatches. Teams, they're they're going to find a way to expose him. They always are. Well, you're going to have, obviously, when you you, when you – the de- I blame that more on the defense for putting those situations on there because most middle linebackers are going to have a hard time with a tight end like that going across. I mean, they're going to have a tough time. Gronkowski is going to eat you alive. I don't care who you are, you know. I mean, you just are. Middle linebackers in coverage are going to have hard times if you don't have support, you know. And that they, they really, they it seems like they don't put themselves in good situations. Yeah. And I see problems yeah. in that secondary that bother me even. And let's face it, Jones well, has been getting beat a lot. And I love Jones, he's been, but he's been getting beat. He hasn't a been lot. playing well the last few weeks. He really hasn't been. Now is he getting exposed? Are they just putting him? Because you know, listen, he's great when he can come when somebody's covering somebody, and then he can come and pop somebody, right? I mean, that's what he is. When you start putting him in coverage, whether or not it's because somebody misses an assignment, I mean, you've seen that touchdown there. I mean, that's 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 not what he does. 
seems like no. these guys are finding themselves in situations that they're not really designed to be in. And when you have that, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah, and let you know, let's too, our pass rush was non-existent. Other than isn't it? Isn't it, always, isn't it always though? Isn't it always though? I mean, I know you have your moments when when Wake gets three sacks in a row. I got got that. But in the in the most times, isn't it always non-existent? Especially when you need it to be there. I mean, that defensive line is one of the yeah. highest paid, you know, highest paid, uh, you know, talked about lines, but it just never seems to get the pass rush when you need to have the pass rush. And I heard a million excuses about it, the footing, the this, the that. But I don't know, man. I see quarterbacks, they sit back there. Like you see, I mean, David Carr, yeah. uh, uh, literally, literally. Derek. <laughs> Derek Carr, literally. <laughs> It could have sat yeah. there for another another minute and a half when he was throwing that ball away. Like there was he, nobody he coming him. near him. And, and and he gets the ball and winning the ball quick and he was just didn't even have to try to do that. He no. had all the time in the world. Yeah. I mean that offensive line had a, a a cocoon around him. Yeah. That's frustrating. That's very frustrating to me. Especially when you have the you know the people that you know they they rave about on this line that are supposed to you know be so strong that that was two years ago. I mean that's all anybody talked about, right? How could anybody yeah. stop this defensive line? Well, obviously they got the memo and learned how to do it in a hurry. Because uh, from the get go, it just hasn't been. The well, it's another, it's another line. problem that was created. Couldn't wait to let Olivier Vernon leave town, and we haven't had a you know another you know side rusher since him. You know, the other guys yeah. are terrible. So it's another problem that was created. A good team not going to lock him up? I mean, obviously, he wouldn't have got $80 million from us, but he well, never he would have had the opportunity gigantic. to get that. I mean, he got yeah, a gigantic if, he, if you lock him up when, before he's a free agent, yeah, he never well, knows you're about doing that. The same, you're doing the same thing again. Yes. Jarvis Landry. Yeah, and, and with Landry, the problem is, you know, if you franchise them, they're not going to pay him $17 million a year. No, so they're going to let no. him test the free agent waters, and he's going to walk. You know, because at this point, why why negotiate now? What's the difference? You, he's not going to get anything more at this point. He's not getting paid for this year earlier, which was promised. And they betrayed him, too. They, they yeah. promised they would do it, and they didn't do it. So, you know, he's picked off, rightfully so. I'm sure he's not happy about how many catches he's getting. No, he's 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 happier than he was week one, two, three. But no, he's not happy. He's yeah. right now no. uh, absolutely. I think he's starting to think about other teams. I think that's why he hasn't gotten involved in any of the the national anthem stuff. He doesn't want to burn any bridges. I really think Jarvis Landry knows that he's most likely going to another team next year. Well, hey, let, let's touch on that too. You, you you know the story with that yesterday too, right? Well, this is what I had heard. My contacts told me that, and I think they addressed it on the thing, that they the, the rule was set where they weren't allowed to do that. They came up with something that, hey, we, we it, it, it breaks up our pregame ritual. Can we please be there and do it? And then Gase was the one who gave them the okay. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Let me tell you something. If, if they're all standing for the national anthem, right, and you have to go into the tunnel, how's that breaking your pregame ritual? Yeah. I don't know. No, I got no that is the that. lamest excuse I ever heard in my life. And I got to be honest with you, for somebody who's supposed to be no nonsense like gays, you cave in for that, really? 
Really? You have veterans on the field yesterday. You're honoring Memorial Day. All the NFL's wearing the, the salute the military, you know, stuff that they sell. Let's not be honest. Let's not say that the, the NFL loves the military so much. They're making money off of it. Let's, wait, let's wait, be Veterans Day? Veterans Day? Yeah, that's, what, yeah that's, why they were, that's why they were all wearing salute the service outfits yesterday. The hat, the, all the clothes and everything. Right. Yeah, it's Veterans Day Saturday. Okay. So this was the Veterans Day thing. Okay. So, yeah. So they had all the veterans on the field with the big flag, and they had, you know, hundreds of veterans on the field and service members on the field. And these three right. clowns are kneeling. I mean, you know, I mean, look, whatever your cause is, that's not the way to freaking protest it. It really isn't. It's disrespectful. It's juvenile. And you probably, the three of them probably can't come up with a, a, a valid reason that matches up with the other two of why they're doing it. Yeah, well, I think that's the frustrating point uh, is that it doesn't seem to be um, uh, it doesn't seem to be a defined reason of the protests. It seems like it's a little bit all over the board. I've heard many things from anti-Trump to Black Lives Matter to you know to now the you know just the NFL owners. I mean, I, a, I've heard it all yeah. over. So I every week it's I don't know. No. Yeah, I know it's yeah. a joke. It really is. And you know, all yeah. you're doing is is you're really is you're teeing off your fan base. Because the majority of the fan base doesn't agree with any of this. And that's why they that's why they don't show the, the national anthem live is because, you know, they don't want the T V doesn't want the flack. And the NFL is, is really you know, they're killing the golden goose. Because they're they're yeah. really teeing off a lot of the fan base with this. And from what I've heard their their ratings and their revenue has really dropped significantly yeah. this year. So it's not just uh, you know, uh, a, a fixated, uh, you know, a fabricated thing. It, it, there's definitely some truth to this, and why they're struggling like they are in a lot of different areas. Uh, you know, the NFL, and I think that's why they had, you know, the meetings and that because it, it is starting to hit home a little bit, and home is obviously in the pocketbook with the NFL. Like that's what matters, right? Yeah, that's all that matters, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what seems to. Yeah, pretty much get everybody's attention, and uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating that the Miami Dolphins always seem to be in the, uh, at the head of of, of everything negative that comes. Yeah, they don't make up the controversy, but they run with it. They Every always have to be involved in like somehow. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's absolutely time. ridiculous. Yeah. Now, you know, like I said, and I've, it just seems like the same thing each week, but Four and four. This is the this is the key game here. You're at the crossroads. You're gonna to go to Carolina, Cam Newton. If you don't get the win here, you're gonna fall below 500. You're already losing respect at a, a absolute high paced level. You need a victory here to to rein it in, stay in a winning record, stay competitive, stay playoff competitive. I mean, you basically have to win six of your next eight games to be playoffs. Uh, that's what it is. I mean, you can say whatever you want. You need to win six of your next eight games to be a playoff contending team. And you know, that's it. That's not even. A, and that's not even a guarantee. It's not even a guarantee because there's a lot of teams that seem to be bunched up with the same kind of record. But you know, you have to win six of your last eight. They've done it. You know, they've done it before. But this team seems a little different. They don't seem like they're getting things in sync, and that's why I say that. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. 
I don't see it happening. I really don't. I didn't see it happening last year, but I really don't see it happening this year. No, I was going to say, but you you never do, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. I'm not saying that you're always wrong, because you're not, but you don't, you never see it, and, you know, obviously they did it last year. You didn't see that coming. I I, I just think this is a different team, though, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm I'm hoping that they really get it together. The way I look at it, too, is they played like crap so far. You know, they're four and four. But this is the weaker part of the schedule. They haven't played the most. And we got the Patriots twice still. We got the Bills twice still. You know? Yeah. So, so half of the games are division games of two teams we don't play well against. There's no gimmies anymore. Actually, let me. I'm going to tell you the. this is how it is. You're going to have the Panthers Monday night. Then you got the Buccaneers in that makeup game. Then you got the Patriots. Then you got the Broncos. <laughs> and then the Patriots again. So, like you said, two out of three weeks Patriots. Then you're at the yep. Bills, at the Chiefs, and then home for the Bills. So there's no easy games there. And let me tell you something. If you could win six of these eight games that I just named, that's a feat, man. You're really doing something if you could do that. And so far I haven't seen anything in this team that leads me to believe that they can do that. <laughs> Ditto. I don't, I don't see how. All right. Well, I guess that's going to basically uh, be where it stands. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, We'll see you next week on the Miami Dolphins Legends Show, and hopefully we'll have some much better news to report. Took a look down a westbound road, right away I made my choice. Headed out to my big two-wheeler, I was tired of my own boy. Took a beat on the northern plains and just rolled that power on. Twelve hours out of Mackinac City, stopped in a bar to have a brew. Met a girl and we had a few drinks and I told her what I decided to do. She looked out the window alone. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.